This is Martin McKay from the Network Security Podcast. And this is Chris John Riley from the Eurotrash Security Podcast. And you're listening to the official podcast of the first 2011 conference in Vienna, Austria. To find out more, please visit the site at www.first.org. And now we join our interview in progress. We're here today with Melissa Hathaway, who is the president of Hathaway Global Strategies US. How are you doing today, Melissa? I'm doing great, Martin. Thanks. Now, you just gave a, a talk called Digital Dependencies, Cybersecurity in the 21st Century. And it, it was a, it was one of the keynotes, and it was, a, it was a really good talk. But one of the things that you mentioned during the talk was that we are at a tipping point in 2011. Um, really, we, we have a couple directions we can go. We can start paying more attention. We can start having more interoperability between business and private and and uh, government are we going that direction or are we going the opposite direction and tipping over the edge well I think that there are a number of incidents that have happened in 2011 that start to challenge our way of how the internet has actually made us a global community whether it's from the Egypt and Syria and the Middle East uh, denying the internet from their citizens uh, to promote social stability and or political stability to the Epsilon breach and the Sony breach and the city breach and the IMF breach, the breach from RSA that challenged uh, two-factor authentication, that there are a lot of incidents that are happening around the world, really, that affect the world that um, may actually start to deglobalize us on security issues. Many of the governments are starting to look at regulation as a point of inserting control to help insert protection mechanisms for their specific countries. And um, not many of the countries are actually turning to the private sector to be informed about what may be the best course of action to bring security and resilience back into the conversation to keep us a global community operating and working on the Internet. Well, you said during your talk that compliance does not equal security. And is is government regulation going to be any better than, than industry compliance in that? Is, is that going to actually be a direction that's going to lead us to a more secure internet, more secure infrastructure? Well, I think that... Um Uh, Governments are going to adopt regulation whether we like it or not. I think what's important is to talk to the governments and help uh, them understand what may be uh, further regulation of a regulated community that may help solve the problem. For example, in Australia, they've adapted the code of conduct, which is working with the internet service providers. More than 90% of the internet service providers have adopted into the code of conduct to do botnet mitigation and overall network hygiene. A similar um, regulation has been imposed here in Europe with Telecom Directive 13A, which is the same thing, but takes it a little bit step, one step further, that it's botnet mitigation and network hygiene, but it's also collection of indications and warning and broader situation awareness for Europe-wide that goes to a warning center housed within ANISA. So think of it as more of an operational cert, um, if you will, that's a pan-European cert that would perhaps um, inform all of the individual certs of what's important are coming down the network pipe to their core infrastructures. Well, one of the, you gave a wonderful timeline during your talk of, of from the beginning of uh, of when we really started cybersecurity to date, and you you 
listed every major event along that pathway. It was a wonderful presentation, but according to your own numbers, it, our whole profession is only about 41 years old. I mean, we're going through teething pains. These aren't growing pains. This is just the beginning. Uh, we have to get a handle on it. How are we going to do that over the next few years? Well, I, I think that um, actually, if you think about it, the first uh, real cert was stood up in 1988 as a as a result of the Morris worm. So we, we may not even be 25-year-old profession. And the commodity market and security market that goes along with it as far as software and hardware is also about 25 years old um, as it emerged in at the same time frame in 1990 with the first firewall an intrusion detection system. What's needed is, I think, um, a broader understanding across the private sector um, and the government sector of the need to build security and resilience back in and um, how to facilitate that through different market levers, whether it's incentives um, for information sharing, tax credits, um, research and development um, funding uh, to help move the profession along so that they have the tools that are going to be required and the right security conversation is going to be happening among the leadership and decision makers. In your opinion, is it, is it simply a matter of having the right tools or is it even that we're still forming a lot of the philosophies that have to have to be put in place to make a secure network and secure internet? I actually think it's uh, you're correct that it's maybe first is a, we're still formulating an understanding of how the infrastructure works and learning about vulnerabilities as they emerge because we're adopting the technology and the technology is evolving so quickly that it's hard to get to a baseline because the baseline's changing every 90 days, maybe even faster than that. And without a baseline to depart from and measures of performance to evaluate the different capabilities, um, we will always be an evolving profession. Um, but I think that that's where events like FIRST, um, the conference and the FIRST, the community, and the information sharing across that community can help maybe uh, accelerate the baseline learning and then provide for a better response mechanism. It's kind of hard to build a, a firm foundation when you're building on quicksand, really. <laughs> and you, that's another thing that you brought up is that in your presentation is that first and the people who are doing the incident response on a daily basis are really are, in a lot of cases, the bridge between the corporations, between the, the government officials who are, are doing day-to-day -day stuff and the people who need to, to know what's happening out there in the real world. So. Yeah, I think that um, the FIRST community really is the master translator between the private sector, where the technology is going, the civilian infrastructure of how to conduct homeland security or critical infrastructure protection and be the first responders to that infrastructure, and then can also act as a security advisor to the ministries of defense and, um, again, be that master translator or be the centerpiece of the Venn diagram to help all of those communities talk to each other. Well, so one of the things you mentioned during your presentation was uh, that one of the wake-up calls for people this year is going to be just the amount of surveillance. But I look at 2000, uh, at 9-11 uh, and what we've gone through for the TSA. Do you really think that uh, surveillance and, and what's being done or what's being tracked for people online is, is really going to be a wake-up call? Or do you think they're just going to sort of absorb it as part of daily living? 
Well, I think when it comes to people's privacy and civil liberties, each country has a different um, perspective. But certainly privacy has a very strict definition here in Europe. And as um, countries want to implement a deep packet inspection or have an intercept capability on the core infrastructure for malware or for other purposes, I think it will begin to energize the conversation on privacy and civil liberties and to what extent there is unacceptable state uh, surveillance or state exposure. I think that also, though, as, um, as people become more understanding of when they move their infrastructures to the cloud and they have done that for cost savings in the United States they lose their fourth amendment rights and they've lost their life their right to privacy so when a Google or others data mine your emails for your buying habits and your your um your patterns uh, they're doing that because you got that good for free and you sent it to a third party and so therefore you have no right to privacy I don't believe that there are many people who understand that they gave up their fourth amendment rights in the United States as they moved to those third party providers and I think that um, as we have more cloud computing adoption and third party services around the world it will begin a new privacy conversation well that actually brings up a very good point. When you say that they've given up their Fourth Amendment rights by moving to the cloud, is that an opinion or is that there are legal backing to that? There is actually the law has already determined that the Fourth Amendment does not carry over to third party provider. And I'm not an attorney, oh, but no. uh, I can certainly point people to where the opinions are have already been made in the United States. Well, we're, we're already dealing with such a, a liquid environment when you add cloud computing, which is not one technology, but the whole the whole host of technologies, it gets even uh, scarier, I would say, is the word. Yes. Um, so as you move to the Internet at year 45 and we have more and more cloud computing environments adopted uh, for reasons of cost savings, efficiency, um, uh, ease of use uh, for uh, the customers, I think that we're going to see a, a new set of attack vectors and vulnerabilities that will cause a new set of instability that perhaps will be unacceptable. So when people ask me about internet and digital dependence at year 50, I'm not sure what year 45 will bring us. <laughs> yeah, we've got to get there first. Well, Melissa, thank you very much for taking a few minutes out of your day to talk to us. Sure, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this interview on the official first podcast. You've been listening to Martin McKay from the Network Security Podcast. And Christian Riley from the Eurotrash Security Podcast. You can find out more about the first conference and this podcast at www.first.org. Thank you very much for listening. See you in Vienna. Vienna.